0: Your moderator. I don't know. Am I really a moderator if there's just two of us, Chuck? Is this is just. This is basically two guys talking no, that's on the phone. Point. Yeah. Now Do I moderate, moderate our phone calls?
1: It's. it's it, it. You're sort of. <laughs> I, I guess we're just. And we're not even really hosts. Like I feel like that's kind of a weird thing even to say. Like we're co-hosting because like what are we hosting? Like it, you're right. It's just. It's. It, it's just a phone call.
0: It pretty much is. And, that's that. We need one person, one more person, to make it sort of legit. But yeah. Really, it's just it's just you, and me. And uh, so it's like only right now growing out. Yeah. So basically, out. like if
1: you're listening, you're kind of a voyeur right now. <laughs>
0: yeah. So if you're into that kind of thing, you uh, welcome, yep. welcome.
1: Yep. You're uh, <laughs> you're basically the NSA. Enjoy your power.
0: <laughs> so uh, it is just me and Father Chuck. Uh, we were not planning for this. Uh, we are uh, uh, down a man once more. Uh, Matt, Matt is not with us. Poor Matt. Uh, you know he joined the police academy, and they—they—they uh, they, they, they did it. They killed him.
1: It <laughs> seems really dark, man. I mean, I don't think they killed him, but <laughs> he's pretty close to the end there, I guess. I mean, yeah, it—it it seems to be—it's basically basic training, like military basic training, except you get to
0: sleep in your own bed at night. Right. Yes. I, I would. I mean, I would imagine it's pretty pretty hardcore. It's not like those movies. Right. No. No, there, no, no. There's probably not a it's whole more lot like, of jinx going on. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, as always, he is with us in spirit. So, Matt, we welcome. Uh, we we receive your, your spirit. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. Uh, uh, so this week we're, we're gonna we want to kind of return to our roots a little bit. We want to to be a little yeah, bit we, sillier, and we a little got, bit nerdy. We
1: got serious there for a few weeks.
0: Yeah, we got pretty heavy. And I think it's because in October we tried to sort of come up with more themes and stuff. We became very thematic heavy. Not that we're ditching theme, but we want to loosen up right. a bit. Yeah, we want to get back to our roots of just being uh, funny, funny nerds. nerds. Funny nerds yeah. is what it's all about. And I'm, I've got a, I got a big gulp. So yeah, got a big, big gulp. Go.
1: I've got some some, some very nice um, Rubos um, Cocoa Mint Tea from Adagio Teas, which is a great oh. tea website. Um, I... Ooh, I wish they were, tea. um, that, that should be a sponsor. That'd be a good sponsor. If there's anyone out here from Adagio tea who just happens to come up a, a, across this podcast, please, we would, I would, I would promote the heck out of your teas because they're very, very good. My wife turned me on to them. It's very high quality tea. It's affordable. And I mean, you have to, you know, deal with shipping and all that, but it's, it is, it is, it is good. It is good tea.
0: You know, I've actually, I've been trying to, uh, kind of, kind of, uh, Get more acquainted with tea lately, ever since I discovered that Stephen Colbert does, I think it's called Teaful Tuesdays. Okay. It's like a Facebook Live thing he does on the Lay Show while they're recording. Oh, interesting. In the middle of Tuesdays, and like he introduces a new tea okay. every week. He just talks about it and drinks it. He's actually very candid. It's so That's
1: great. Funny. That's great. I mean, yeah, tea is tea is. Can we just turn this podcast into one about tea? We just start talking about tea. I <laughs> actually, uh, it's it's really weird. I'm, I mean, I'm a, I've, I've kind of gotten. I don't know if I've, if I've mentioned this on podcast because I think I did mention on the podcast that I went off coffee, right? Did I mention that? I don't know if I mentioned that. I went off coffee for a while, and oh, yeah. now I'm back on coffee, um, but severely limited because I, you know, coffee is. I love the ritual in the morning, but in that inner I, I got really well acquainted with different kinds of tea. And it is it is a really it is a really fascinating beverage to explore.
0: It is. Uh, it's yeah. very rich history. Um, yeah. all over the world, even I mean, I mean, every every culture has its tea. All right,
1: pretty much every culture, yeah, has some form of 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 um what they call infused beverage, where um some kind of dried plant material is used to um, in a hot water infusion. Um, cause there's some people who are like really picky mm-hmm. and they say tea is a particular plant. And so like, if right. it's not made with tea, it's not tea. It's mm-hmm. a teason or some other nonsense they come up with. But anyway, yeah, like we, again, this, we, we've just already started just on
0: just <laughs> yeah, sophisticated yeah. Uh, here. Well, you know, every culture has their tea. Every culture also has their, uh, marinda. I don't know if, uh, you remember my obsession with marinda. Yeah. Oh, that's soda, right? The
1: that's I went right. to China and I, I discovered,
0: I, I discovered an orange soda called Marinda, and I it was it was really good, and I loved it. And there is no Marinda in the states. There are some places that have it, some fast food places, but it's not orange or strawberry. They come in a variety of different flavors. Oh, just, uh, but in my tra- in my traveling days, I discovered Marinda in every single country I went to and they all had like weird flavors. And I actually kept Look, some and...
1: here. Th- one of the, one of the cool things I think for me having grown up, um, in what some people, some people might refer to as the hood, um, <laughs> is my exposure to fruit flavored sodas. Cause that's just like something white people don't drink. Um, yeah. I, which yeah. is weird to me cause it's delicious. Um, I mean, occasionally we get some orange soda going, but like, but yeah. like grape soda, Strawberry soda, like you know, like I've, I, 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 and <laughs> yeah. I, you, you mentioning the strawberry miranda brought me brought this up in my head because I've never had strawberry miranda and I'm a bit of a connoisseur of strawberry soda. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, I think that Crystal's down in Fort Lauderdale has bro, strawberry miranda. Bro, I, I think bro, they.
1: Do. <laughs> that Crystal shut down. Yeah. No. Oh no, no For for our good. listeners who are not in southern states, um, there is um if you're if you're in the northeast you know about White Castle. Well we have something called Crystal, which is similar to White Castle in that it's little slider burgers and it is um its is a s it it is a staple of Father Chuck's childhood. Um growing up I mean I lived around the corner from one, consistently go through late, you know, like two in the morning, get tr- crystal drive through, get um two double cheese crystals and um a strawberry soda, which is just that is that is that is that is a perfect combination right there, but but when I moved down to I South Florida, I, there, the crystals not very common, and there was only there's only one like south of Orlando, and it was in Fort Lauderdale.
0: <laughs> Forty five minute, drive, minute
1: drive, which I took JP on once, many times, many times, and many times. It, yeah, it is. It is now closed down. It is gone. It is out of business. I know. So sad. That's not good. I'm de- I'm a little depressed about it, but. Um, suffice, suffice to say the last time I went to the crystal down there before, right before it closed, um, they did not have any strawberry soda, but they used to do strawberry Fanta there. The best strawberry soda is strawberry crush.
0: Oh, really? Yes. That strawberry is the best. Crush. I do love it's the crush. Good. I love orange. Or crush. strawberry slice. If you can slice. find strawberry slice. I didn't know a- there was a strawberry slice. That's like blind blowing to me.
1: Oh yeah, that one's like that one's tough to find. It's like, <laughs> that that is like a that's a that's a holy grail of uh, that's like the uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like what is it like the Dogfish 190 IPA of Strawberry Soda.
0: Like,
1: <laughs> I it's guess like so. a very I don't know. reserve yeah. rare thing. I don't know. Now we've moved from talking about tea to talking about
0: <laughs> rare sodas. Soda. Yeah. yeah, you know, if we could find a Strawberry Slice and an Orange Merinda in the United States, I think I think that'd be amazing. But yeah. Oh uh, yes, but. This is what I meant. Getting back to our roots, we're talking about this crap. I love it. Um, it energizes Amen. me, Chuck. Um, it puts me in a good mood. It might uh, also be the,
1: the, the big gulp. What are you drinking?
0: <laughs> uh, Diet Dr Pepper, sir. Oh, nice. That's mm-hmm. right. It's, that's your that's your go to. It is. It's better than regular Dr Pepper. Been saying it for years. Anyway, so uh, this week we are talking about depictions of God in media. Chuck said he wanted to do an episode about God, and I was like, we should do something more nerdy and fun, so let's talk about God in movies, or uh, video games, comic books, books, uh, TV, anything. Yeah. Um, I did not prepare for this episode. I, I was planning to. I actually, I wanted to watch um, uh, uh, Oh God, which is the one with George Burns as God. Did you ever see the okay. movie, Chuck? I have not seen it. Oh, it's it's a, it's a classic, I'm sure. I have watched it since I was a kid. But they made a whole bunch of those movies. George Burns played God, and they even made one called "Oh God, You Devil," where he played both God and the Devil. Um, not right. a very good movie. That's when the movie sort of jumps the shark. Uh, that that the the Oh God shared universe franchise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but I mentioned and and um, some of your favorite depictions of God uh, in the media, Chuck. Are, do you have any favorites off the top of your head, or something mean, stick got... out to you?
1: I've got a few – I mean I think – you're know, kind of like in a when we, when we did our Star Trek episode, which by the way, I finally got – Candace finally got to listen to because we listened to Star Trek um, – or we watched Star Trek Beyond. So now she can move on. I don't nice. know if I talked about this in the podcast, but Cam, my, my wife has been listening to the podcast, but my wife insists that she has to listen to the podcast sequentially. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, every, everyone I've talked to who hasn't listened to it yet, but they want to like – Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll listen to it, but I got to start with the again. I'm like, no, you don't. Just just jump in. I'm like, no, just I have to do in. it in order. I'm like, just jump in. Like, there's like, no, there's no context. <laughs> there's, no.
1: <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's no continuity here. <laughs> no. So as we did our Star Trek episode, um, we we kind of had to realize we had the table like J- like James T. Kirk, right, or like Enterprise captains. Like, if you're really gonna talk about like the best captains, like, right, you know, it's kind of a default that everyone's gonna go to like Kirk or Picard, right? I mean, you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So that being said, I think. One of my favorite God depictions, and it's probably the favorite God depiction in pop culture, um, and it's one that I think you have to table for the discussion. That is Morgan Freeman's depiction of God in Bruce Almighty, right. and um, that 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 other one they made. Um, uh,
0: <laughs> <And> Almighty.
1: <laughs> a movie which would have been much better if they didn't try to make it a sequel to Bruce Almighty. I think.
0: You know what's what's a little little tangent here, but Evan Almighty. Um, as bad as it is, I think it might be like the first movie that like is 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 sucky and not good, and people were not wanting to be good. But then it was just like a huge hit, yeah. And like it did wonders for Steve Carell's career, it
1: did.
0: even though we were all expecting it to be like the opposite because of how expensive it was. But I think that's out of a whole trend of movies. Anyway, uh, um, but go ahead. But yeah, so
1: uh, Morgan Freeman's depiction of God in Bruce Almighty, I think, is a is 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 a great depiction. Um, the I mean. We, I I am kind of intrigued by the depiction of God in um, some of the DC comics, um, particularly this really great um, little storyline involving the character of Dead Man that happened sort of in the early days of the New Fifty Two reboot. Um, where there's this great little uh, they did a they did a thing called DC Universe Presents, and we let these three month arcs of um of different characters and they did one with dead man and he sort of um for those who don't know anything about dead man dead man's a character uh, he was an acrobat by the name of boston brand who died and um somehow becomes a sort of superhero who's a ghost um but he's able to do things by sort of possessing the bodies of the living and um and he lives kind of lives and then he kind of has like a quantum leap kind of thing going on in certain storylines and other things but i've only seen
0: him depicted once and that was in kingdom come
1: yeah and they make him look like a skeleton and he's a little bit different yeah he's got a great personality he's a funny guy it's a, a he's a cool character um but anyway that issue um he's having this conversation with um the devil i think and the devil is talking about God. And um, anyway, it's just a very, it's a very interesting depiction of of of, of God in those comics, um, and how God's kind of a character in in it. Um, never really, God kind of shows up as like a as a Scottish terrier in it.
0: A Scottish terrier, yeah.
1: And it's sort of like that's the form that God prefers to to use when he talks to like <laughs> dead man and Constantine and other people. And it's it's kind of interesting.
0: Is there a reason behind it? Like, uh,
1: I think it's just kind of why not? Sort of like,
0: do you know whose idea it was? Like, who wrote it? Like,
1: uh, I don't know. Probably Grant Morrison because he's a weirdo.
0: <laughs> I'm reading his book by the way right now. Super Gods. Oh yeah, yeah. Is it good? It's weird. Yeah, he's <laughs> a weird, weird guy. guy. He's a weird guy. <laughs>
1: um, but very
0: eloquent. Very eloquent.
1: Very eloquent. Yeah, it's just that you know he's part of that movement of um again here's another digression but he's a part of that movement of comic book writers that have sort of really been enamored by neo-paganism and the occult um you know kind yeah. of following in the footsteps of alan moore and um mm-hmm. yeah it's just very interesting like how he's just like you know kind of interjects this like magical stuff you know like pagan magical stuff yeah. into into his into his creative stuff but anyway and, and that it all involves people in um in spandex and capes, which is just so weird to me. But, um, but anyway, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, so there's there's an interesting depiction of God in that. Um, and this is probably my hipster one, but I really like the way
0: they handle God in the Darren Aronofsky Noah. Um, yeah, that's actually the movie I was thinking about when I was thinking about you know this episode. Um, great movie, by the way. Um, yeah, really great movie. Um, really. I kind of want
1: we, – we should talk about that movie for a little while because I, yeah. I really love – I really love how
0: many Christians got upset about that movie. <laughs> it's because of how it was it, – you know what? I think it all comes down to how it was marketed because when it was oh, when yeah. it was marketed, I was upset because I thought it was like – not not just the market, but I felt like Darren Aronofsky was like, like – he's doing this – I just didn't get it. The way it was marketed is like it might as well have been like I mean starring you know Kirk Cameron,
1: right? And they're, 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 and I think they did that thing like that they did like with the Passion of the Christ where like they were handing out like mo- free movie tickets to churches and stuff, where people to take like <laughs> church groups to, which yeah. is hilarious because like it's a really dark mm-hmm. movie and it is, I mean, just so rooted in in like in the Jewish. Midrashic tradition yeah. that like your average Christian is going to have no idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah.
0: If your only exposure to Noah is, you know, the, the play school ship with the animals on it and stuff. And, Oh yeah. You know, you, you think that the, 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 the ark is a Turkey or something probably won't like this movie. And like I said, I said right. this in another episode, but my my favorite part about Noah is, you know, in the marketing, there's this part where they're all sort of gathered around Noah and he's like, you know, you're not going to do anything because you're all alone. And like, they just kind of, just a slow, dramatic close up of of Russell Crowe, and he says, "I am not alone." And there's like a flash of light, and there's like text. And the trailer, it's like, oh, that means God is with him. You know, he's not alone. In the context of the actual movie, that means there's giant rock monsters behind him, right? Which <laughs> they,
1: which they, which they, if you notice in that trailer, they like have like digitized out of the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> like they just didn't want us to know about the giant golems, right? That's my favorite part of the movie. I love
0: those giant rock monsters. Awesome. Great touch. Oh, yeah. And, like, I I kind of knew that they
1: were in it. The Nephilim. I knew they were going to be in it. And so, like, it was great seeing that movie with, like, my family. Because, like, my mom and everyone came. And we went out to dinner afterward and it was like yeah so what was that <laughs> yeah i know. You know here i am the priest you know they're asking all these questions and i'm like well okay so in jewish in jewish mythology there's this thing called the golem that some people believe is so like it, you know you have to go through all these little hoops but anyway getting to the really jewish character of that movie though i, I what i like about the way that god is handled in that movie is you're never really sure if god's around and right. like you're never really sure if noah's crazy
0: yeah, you think he's insane. Like he acts kind of Yeah, and, weird.
1: And that's like such a very Jewish like Jewish in the sense that like in the temple, the Holy of Holies, which is the place where the presence of God was supposed to was said to dwell. So like every right. every religious temple of its time had some form of like room for the gods. And after the um after the Babylonians had had um, had decimated Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, and carted off a bunch of the Jews, and, and then, you know, and then, like, within a generation, they come back um, thanks to the Medo-Persians, and they rebuild the temple. After that that time, the Ark of the Covenant had been gone, and that's when the Ark of the Covenant disappears. And so the Ark of the Covenant used to be in the Holy of Holies. But in during the Roman period, the temple, the Holy of Holies was empty. It was just a big, empty space. And so this sense that like the room where God is present is abs is, is, is empty. This idea that God's presence is found through emptiness. And like that, that was such a like stark contrast to like the temple of Zeus or whatever. There'd be like a massive idol to Zeus inside there. And so I feel like, I feel like Darren Aronofsky's Noah really captures that kind of idea that like God's presence is felt through God's absence. And I thought that was such a, such a risky thing for them to do with that movie, interesting, yeah
0: you know that kind of reminds me of um I took a um a film theory class when I was in film school, and my professor showed us uh two two similar scenes from two different movies or a similar scene from two different movies one was uh the movie oh Brother where art thou and the other was um um what was it called the one with Robert Duvall, uh, the Apostle. oh yeah and uh, he showed the uh, baptism scenes from both, from both movies. And I don't know if you remember the baptism scene from Oh Brother Where Out Thou. It's uh, very I, musical.
1: I've, I've never seen Oh Brother Where Out Thou. Chuck, what? I know. I just always assume everyone's seen Oh Brother Where <laughs> Thou. I know. I it, think you'd really like it. I actually, no, it's, it's been like, it, I have a list of movies. One of these days, we've talked about this, right? Like the list of movies yeah. that I should be seeing <laughs> and that I've yeah. been meaning to see forever. Um... And yeah, no, that's the, uh, that's, that's one of the, that's one of the ones that I've had on my list forever. And like, even, uh, I, I think my wife actually owns it and I just oh really never got around to watching it.
0: Growing up in the South, you would love it, Chuck. Yeah. Um, uh, but the, 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 the baptism scene in brother wrote there is very lyrical. It's very kind of fantastical. Like God is definitely very supposed to be very present and then it's almost kind of like a musical when it's happening in the apostle. It's like very, there's no music. There's no um um
1: I have seen The Apostle know. which is funny. I've seen that movie
0: but I've not seen it <laughs> though, though. Really? Yeah. That's a good movie. Um but, but I don't even remember his, his his baptism scene. It's just him sitting in the water and he says his prayer and he baptizes himself, right? Right. So it's kind of like it's like, like what you're saying is like, you know, there's sort of the the absence of God which is almost kind of more true to life. At least in my own experience, where it's like you don't, there's not like a huge flash of light. There's just like what's around you, what what you see, you know. Uh, but it's interesting. Um, so yeah, uh, but yeah, uh, Noah, great movie. Um, what did you think about the uh, <laughs> the uh, creation scene?
1: I have used that in classes. So I taught a class. I've taught. Two years now um, i've been invited to come into um, i think it's the sixth grade the sixth graders class maybe it's sixth grade maybe it's seventh anyway i can't remember but um there's a class that I come in on and um at the beginning of the school year where they talk about like origins of civilization and all this stuff so i come in i come in two days in a row, so the first day I come in and we talk about um, we talk about two creation stories and I tell them. I tell them basically a narrative version of the Big Bang Theory, and all the way up into evolution, all the way up into you know organic evolution and natural selection, into into where we have humans. And then I tell them a narrative, a sort of a narrative take on the Genesis story, and and then I give them this whole thing. I said which one is true, and so I have this whole back and forth about which one is true. And then I challenge them to say, well, both are true, um, because they're you know they're they're both they're both trying to say something. Um, and that, you know, one doesn't have to be more true than the other, that we can find truth, that there's truth in both or whatever. And then when I come in the second day, the first thing we do is I show them that scene from Noah, um, which combines the two stories and say, see, you could, it, 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 You don't have to, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Um, I love that scene. I love this. I love the creation scene in it. And um, I think it's, I think it's one of the best sequences in a Hollywood movie dealing with religion and spirituality in maybe ever.
0: Darren Aronofsky is, a, is an atheist. Right. You know, he's not a, not a Christian, not a religious man at all, not even spiritual. Um, and it kind of a Jewish you, background though.
1: That that's you, true. Yeah. And that's, and, that's, and that's why he drew more from the Jewish tradition in Noah. Okay.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. I would love to see someone like Aronofsky take on like the book of Revelation, you know? Oh Just yeah. See their take on it. Um, but yeah. Uh, if I could backtrack a little, Chuck, you mentioned Morgan Freeman. Um, what is it about Morgan Freeman's depiction of Bruce Almighty uh, that you think, like, what do you like about it and why do you think so many people love it? Like, why why do you think Morgan Freeman is such a great god? <laughs> like, not like a, not, not saying he necessarily is a god, but, like, why does he play god so well? Like, is it just the voice? Is it just I, a good you know, actor?
1: I think it's partly the voice. I think it's also the humor. Okay. He ca- and I, and I, the thing is, in his depiction of God in that movie, Morgan Freeman captures the sort of humor that a lot of really holy people have. Like, I feel like the sort of humor that he has in that movie is similar to the to the, to the sort of sense of humor you see the Dalai Lama has, that Desmond huh. Tutu has, um, that um, um, Jimmy Carter probably has, you know, mm-hmm. that that whole council of elders that they've sort of put together. Um, I am... Um, I just, and I,
0: yeah, it's funny. You just made me realize, I think Jimmy Carter is our American holy man.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would, I would make a strong case for, um, um, for Michael Curry is the presiding bishop, the current presiding bishop of the Episcopal church. I think he's a really awesome individual.
0: Okay.
1: Um, but there's, I mean, you know, Pope Francis. I mean, they, you know, these are people that have a certain, they have a certain kind of sense of humor. Yeah. That kind of sort of, it's it, kind it, of
0: sheepish, right?
1: It's, it's a, um, kind of mild. It's mild, but it's like a degree of dry. But it's also it comes out of a certain kind of confidence Mm -hmm. that allows them to sort of recognize, like, like I've dedicated my life to these things, but they could also be completely wrong, and that's okay. Like, there's just a certain kind of, like, you know, not they're not sure, but they're confident, and there's something about that, and there's just sort of a wisdom aspect. I don't know. I don't know how to properly describe it. You think
0: it's, it's sort of a depiction of like enlightenment.
1: I guess, yeah, to some degree of that. But like, there's just like these things about like, you know, the fact that Morgan Freeman's God is very direct without being a jerk. You know, I think a lot of times, in our, in, in pop culture, we have this this idea that God is kind of a jerk. Um, I mean, case in point, um, the way God is depicted in Family Guy, um, he is, you know, he's just <laughs> yeah. he's. You know, pardon the expression. He's he's kind of an asshole. You know, he's just um, he's <laughs> selfish, and I mean, he's more like a Greek god than any than any kind of depiction that's proper in like the Judeo Christian traditions. And I feel like what was what, what, why Morgan Freeman's idea of uh, depiction in, 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 and yeah, depiction of God, why it resonates so strongly with a lot of people, is that this is a god who can be direct who can be confrontational but is never a jerk about it, is warm about it. You know, it's very he's very fatherly in like the right kind of ways. Like I think about that that scene where he um well there's two scenes that I think of in that movie. The one is where he first meets Bruce and he like you know tries to demonstrate that he's God and so he has Bruce like put his hand in his coat and pull it out and he has like extra fingers and then he makes this comment about like he's like he's like when i did that for gandhi he didn't eat for a week or whatever like that was just funny and like and it, and it was like when i first saw that i was like oh, that's like a really inclusive view of god you know like and it's and to me it was yeah. just it wasn't inconsistent with with what i believe god to be as a christian um but then there's that great moment at the end of the movie after bruce is screwed up being god and um uh, for those of you've who never seen the movie um it deals with the idea that God lets this average guy become God. Like he's he has this petulant temper tantrum. Bruce, Jim Carrey's character, the guy named Bruce, has this petulant temper tantrum about God. So God's like, fine, you think you can do it better? Here you go. And shows that there's a reason why God is God and we're not. But after Bruce is screwed up, um, he has this um, confrontation with God. And God just, you know, Morgan Freeman shows up as a janitor, basically. And he has and he has um Bruce help him mop the floors and and that's when he ends with that great line he says you know you're you're so busy trying to see a miracle you know if you want to see a miracle be the miracle and like just that kind of that kind of wisdom and that kind of you know warm i'm going to have a conversation with you i'm going to walk you through this and i'm not going to like mock you and laugh at you because you screwed up that kind of idea of God, I think is, it rings very true and it's very refreshing because it's so unlike a lot of our pop culture depictions of God. And, um, so yeah, that's my long way of saying that of, of why I think it's such a good depiction and why it resonates with so many people.
0: I yeah. love it too. Um, and I think you're right about the humor. I think you're right about, uh, just sort of his, his, uh, the, the warmth he has. Um, it was kind of refreshing to sort of see God depicted that way. um, I think, in a, in a time when, um, I don't know, when did that movie come out? Like 2004? I
1: think it was 2002.
0: 2002? Yeah. Yeah,
1: it was, yes, before we went to PBA, so I think it was 2002 or 2003.
0: Yeah, so movies were, were a little dark back then. I think things were kind of grim because it was, it was a po- very early in a post-9-11 world, are going to war in Iraq. You know, George W. Bush was our president, and a lot of bad things were happening.
1: No, I, lo- I I love that movie. I kind of want to watch it, it is, again. It's a good movie. It is a good movie. Uh,
0: I, directed by uh, Tom Shadyac, yes, uh, who himself is actually a very spiritual person and
1: a, pref- a pretty pretty strange dude, I must say. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: I think then he like lived like I think before he directed uh, Bruce Almighty, which I think he also wrote it. I think he lived. Didn't he like live in a trailer?
1: Yeah. So Keelan and I, friend of the show. Um, and frequent guest on, on the podcast for those of you who are, who are doing the right thing and just chiming in whenever you want to, um, he and I went down to Miami to a really cool independent theater there, um, to see this movie that Tom Shadyac made about himself kind of called, um, it's called I am.
0: Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah.
1: And, um, and it deals with the fact that he, um, that he was, um, he had made, he had made um, Ace Ventura and like, all of, and, like, a bunch of really successful Jim Carrey films. Um, and then he was involved in a really bad bicycle accident. And it just sort of made him realize that he was contributing to, like, nothing. And decided to, decided to pursue more deep and spiritual things. And so, yeah, he made Bruce Almighty and then he just sort of walked away. Um From Hollywood for a while, and then he made this little documentary, basically saying that you know we as a human species we are we are made for more, and um he has this really great like bit in it about how you know we've we 've you know we 've evolved to the most efficient thing that we 've evolved as a species is to be democratic you know in the sense of like sharing among one another and helping each other out rather than being isolated individuals and all this stuff. By the way, but it's also kind of a strange movie and kind of new agey and all that. But he was there at the, at the screening and talked a lot about some stuff. And, um, yeah, it was, it was very interesting. A lot of, uh, a lot of rich white yoga types <laughs> with um, ponytails and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. In there kind of like pontificating about their crystals and stuff. It was, it was kind of interesting. That was actually an interesting night. Like, just I'm just gonna go on a tangent here. We can edit it out if we want. But right. like that night, Keelan and I we we walk out of the theater, and so this homeless guy just comes up to us in Miami, and asking for some help. And so um, told him sorry we didn't have any cash on us. But then um, he's like, well, there's a store we would sell sandwiches. And I'm like, all right, we'll buy a sandwich. So we go to this like, gas station and um and buy this guy a sandwich. And like he ended up hanging out with us and talking with us. So it was just kind of an interesting thing because like we kind of walked out of. It felt weird. Like we walked out of this room with all these, again, you know, upper class white yoga types, sort of pontificating about how like, you know, rich and spiritual they are because they wave crystals around or whatever it is they did. And so like he and I just kind of walked out a little early because we were just sort of like, Um, and then to have this like encounter with a homeless person and to like buy them food and sort of have like this kind of moment where Jesus is like, yeah, that's where you find God.
0: Right. It's right,
1: um, yeah, it was kind of interesting, but anyway, yeah. So,
0: well, I, I got a question for you, Chuck. Um, it might be a little bit tangent. I don't know. Uh, I wanted to ask both you and Matt this, but, uh, I not here, but that's all right. Um, did you ever have, you know, growing up, uh, like, a like a, um, sort of a construct of like what God looked like, like in your head? I'm asking you this because you know you and I both grew up in the church. Right. You both have a Christian background. Um so we, we've been, we were taught about God since we were a very young age. Like did you ever have like a like an image of God in your head that you thought he what he looked like? And was it was it informed by media, was it informed by anything or what?
1: I, I think I totally bought into the idea that God looked like Kenny Loggins.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was just like a big white beard. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or like um or like actually I think God in my head probably looked more like Doctor Light from Mega Man.
0: Okay. I'm not, I'm actually not familiar with that. I, <sighs> hold on, I'm looking up right now.
1: That's like a, that's like a good, that's like a good nerdy oh, yeah. <laughs> reference. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I could see it. Yeah. I think that's kind of that, 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 yeah. Again, the white hair, white beard, um, notion that, you know, comes out of, you know, of course that's, that's rooted in like Michelangelo. Right. Um, that,
0: yes it is.
1: And, um, yeah, I think I totally subscribed to that kind of image in my head. I I
0: <laughs> I had I actually had an image in my head when I was a kid too. And it actually it wasn't um, you know, that sort of Zeus-looking character, you know, Michelangelo or whatever. Um, it was actually Robert Schuller. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> because when I was a kid, you know, growing up uh, my my mom used to watch the his his uh, his show, um, <laughs> and the, the Crystal Cathedral, right?
1: Yep, which is now a Catholic cathedral. Yeah,
0: I, I, I looked this up earlier because I was, like I said, preparing myself. I looked all this up, um, yeah, which is now Roman Catholic. Uh, the, yeah, the Crystal Cathedral. There, there was, a, there was a TV show, and it was on for like for for, for decades, right? Yeah, and the Hour of Power. Right? Hour of Power. That's it. And there's uh, also drinking game. <laughs> that's true. Um, my mom used to watch it all the time, and growing up, you know, seeing this man talk about God from a very, very early age—like talking like two or three—I just always thought, "Oh, that's God." <laughs> and so, for a very long time, like I'm talking even into like my teens, like sort of in a really, whenever I think of God, like I don't know, talking to me or judging me or whatever, I I always thought of 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 uh, <laughs> with his uh, his robe and his necklace and
1: <laughs> that's pretty funny. And you're
0: like shoot rainbows out of his fingers. I don't
1: know. That's pretty funny. <laughs> um, speaking of, uh, you know, I, I, realize in our conversations and we'll probably get into some of the more comedy stuff with God, but I realized a depiction of God that I forgot to mention that I kind of, I've kind of always appreciated on a certain level. And that is the way God is depicted
0: in South park uh, that that like weird duckbill platypus? Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: because I remember, like, I should have, I, you know, I watched South Park in like the depths of my evangelical days. But I, I was, you know, at that time, like, kind of rebellious, you know, like, and you know, yeah. punk rocky and all that. And uh, um, which makes me sound super smug to say that, but I, um, but I remember watching South Park, you know, sneaking and watching in a low volume in my bedroom, you know, so my mom wouldn't know. But I remember that episode where they first reveal God and they make this big deal about <laughs> yeah. God coming because it's – I think it's the first episode with Jesus. And
0: – Is it like a Rod Stewart concert?
1: Yeah, or something like that. And then he shows up and it's like he's this like three-foot tall, like duck-billed platypus, like frog thing. And I just <laughs> – I lost it because its it was one of those moments where like as a Christian, I'm like, oh, yeah, we don't know what God looks like. like God could look like anything it's like the, the fact right. that they could, they, they kind of tapped into that was just wonderful to me. And I just, I've always appreciated that this recognition <laughs> that, you know, God might not look like what we think God looks like. God might very well look like a duckbill platypus frog thing. And, and are we okay with that? <laughs> um, and I just, I've always appreciated And I've loved that they've consistently shown God that way throughout the, throughout the history of that show. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, I love South Park. I did too. does, um I was just thinking some what are some other depictions I could think of that I actually like, you know, I I do like I used to like George Burns the movie Oh God I was talking about. I haven't seen it in so long. Um but I think the whole point of the movie is sort of like to reintroduce God into the culture and sort of like the the thought that you know, it was back when um they were quote unquote taking prayer out of schools. And right. I think it's sort of it was sort of a backlash to that.
1: Was that the 50s by any chance?
0: No, that was like the 70s. Oh, okay. Late 60s, 70s, something like that. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, trying to think of other depictions. Uh, I've been watching a lot of The Simpsons lately. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're about 14 seasons into the uh, Simpsons 600 marathon. It's uh, been going on since Thanksgiving Day. It will, wow, will not end till, until December 6th. And uh, I've been dropping in every now and then, and I've really grown to love uh, Ned Flanders. Great character. He is a great character. I'm not really sure on what exactly kind of Christian he is supposed to be because he does he kind of goes in and out of like just about every stereotype you can think of. You know that show has been around for so long, right? And they've gone through like well, I do know that he is definitely not a Unitarian <laughs> because they've. <laughs> There are so many like anti-Unitarian jokes in the Simpsons. I didn't even realize that until recently. <laughs> um,
1: uh, yeah. What was that? There was that one you shared with me earlier. What was that one?
0: Um, oh, it, the, the, the church that the Simpsons go to and, and Ned Flanders goes to, which I guess is like a Methodist church, right? Oh, I don't I know. So. I forgot. Um, I had to look it up. The church that they go to, they were having a, a an ice cream social and, uh, Reverend Lovejoy offered Lisa uh, the Unitarian ice cream. She's like, there's nothing there. And he's like, exactly.
1: <laughs> so good.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh gosh. It's so good.
0: There are a lot of digs to uh Unitarian and universalism, which is, it's kind of surprising. Um, I don't know if Matt Groening is a religious person or not. I haven't really looked into him. that much.
1: I, I feel like I remember hearing somewhere along the way that he has like, you know, like a Lutheran background or something. Um, The, uh, (laughs) there's, uh, they've occasionally made some good digs to the Episcopal church. Um, nothing like, nothing like that I'm aware of that's sort of like really like, you know, like pointed or whatever. There was like, they've made references to it, you know, like, um, I think Reverend Lovejoy was mad that he was sort of competing with the sign on the Episcopal church down the street.
0: Yeah.
1: And like, they've made references to like the Episcopalians down the street and stuff. (laughs) Um, just kind of funny. I would like to it'd be kind of interesting to see like what the Episcopalians on the street are like.
0: Okay, um, I I've have I have Wikipedia pulled up for Reverend Lovejoy and it said that he is the pastor of the Western branch of American Reform Presbyterianism. Presby Lutheranism. <laughs> 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 nice. And he attended so. he attended Texas Christian University. Alright, go Horned Frogs. TCU, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's great, but uh yeah like it's uh i, I love the depiction of, of church going in the simpsons i love that they go to church and then Marge is like a very very not like super religious but like she cares about the spiritual spiritual welfare of her family
1: right not and to she the had, degree she, like
0: flanders does but
1: right like her christianity is like enough to like kind of supplement her moral fiber
0: right yeah, she, yeah, she's the one that makes sure, like, we have to go to church every Sunday. Like, especially us. <laughs> right. You know? Um, and it's kind of funny when you bring in, you know, Flanders, one of their earlier, earlier, earlier episodes, when, like, I think, like, season season one or two, there's an episode where um, Homer actually really wants to be like Flanders. You know, they, there's all, there's this, they like, the entire episode is just, like, him comparing himself to Flanders' family. Um not really sure where I'm going with the Simpsons but the depictions of God are are kind of funny um, because they're mostly like um, hallucinations I can only think of one instance where like God literally shows up and it's sort of when (laughs) Ned Flanders okay they were recreating um, the part in the Bible where they're putting where they put Moses in the sitting down the river they were making a movie the Flanderses. And they put Todd in a basket sitting down the river. And, like, the river went wild and they, like, lost him or whatever. And Flanders, like, says a prayer. Like, oh, God, oh, God, please save my Todd or something like that. And, like, lightning strikes a tree and, like, it stops the basket. And he's like, thanks, God. And you see, like, a hand reach down from the cloud and he goes, okily-dokily. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, that's good. <laughs> I think that's the only. I mean, God, there's so there are so many episodes of this. I, I didn't. I'm not watching the entire run here, guys.
1: Six six hundred episodes.
0: I know, I know. So I'm like, I'm not watching the whole thing. But as far as I can tell, the only real like depictions I've got aside from that are mostly like like hallucinations or dreams or whatever.
1: I've got to ask: Is it now that you've kind of taken it in in like pretty sizable chunks over the whole run, like kind
0: of all yeah. at once? Is it, it really has gotten worse, right? Oh yeah, it it totally has. Yeah, it totally has. And you know, it's not because they're not, it's not because they're doing anything different. They haven't really changed like the way they do things, but what they have changed are showrunners and the showrunners who were in charge of the show from like season three, to like maybe season nine. That was like considered the, the golden years. Right. Like that was the Renaissance. That was when it was like peak Simpsons, when it was like impacting the culture Everybody loves Simpsons. Everybody watched Simpsons. That was also when it started to become syndicated. So people were watching it every night at home anyway.
1: Right. That's when I really started kind of getting into it. Because that was one of those shows that I wasn't allowed to watch. Me too. Growing up because, you know, yeah. for whatever reason it was bad.
0: It was what's funny is I actually wasn't allowed to watch it at first, but then my parents started watching it and they, they loved it. And so we started watching yeah, it as a
1: family. <laughs> uh, that was kinda of with South with South Park, like I wasn't. I, no one. I was never explicitly told I couldn't watch South Park, but I knew that it was probably not something I was going to be that was going to be okayed. Until one day, um, I was watching this episode with um, it's the episode where um, um, where Kenny um, go gets into his parka like backwards and upside down, so that his butt is in his face for the school picture. <laughs> And so there's this, hus- there's this husband and wife yeah. that shows up, and they have butts where their faces are, and they're trying to find their son. And there were just elements <laughs> in that that were just – I, I was—I thought my mother was in her bedroom asleep, and I was howling <laughs> with laughter with tears coming out of my face. And my mother woke up, and she said, what are you laughing at? And she looked at the TV screen, and she sat down with me, and we <laughs> laughed we but we spend the entire we watched the whole episode together. I, I've never I don't think I've seen my mother laugh at anything as hard in my in my life as that episode. Um, yeah, oh,
0: yeah. That's, that didn't the son out to be Ben Affleck? That show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, depiction of God in The Simpsons um, very funny. I, I love I love the church yeah, It's good.
1: Show. It's kind of funny too that it it's become a show that has had pretty you know, pretty good, like, church humor and stuff, considering how much, like, backlash the church gave it in its early years. I mean, the very first sermon that I ever remember my pastor preaching growing up involved him holding a Bart Simpson doll and talking about how, like, this was a sign of, like, the devil or whatever. So misguided. Yeah. By the way, I was in in first grade when that happened. Oh, yeah and the show's still on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know. Oh yeah, I I read somewhere that uh if if Bart had aged since the first episode aired, he would actually be Homer's age by now.
1: Right. I mean, think about this, JP. There are people there's an there's like an entire generation that was born after the show started, like well into like that yeah. third season. That are now like out of college, you know, like an entire generation who've like they've lived their entire life, you know, with that show being on the air. Like that, it's it's just always it's been incredible. there. Yeah, it's yeah. We've gotten way off topic.
0: I know, <laughs> and I knew this I was happening as soon as I mentioned The Simpsons. But I, I've been really enjoying it, Um, even though I'm, I'm past the golden years, of course. Yeah, and it's just kind of like, eh. I mean, it, it's okay. It's whatever. There's some good ones. There's some weird ones. But overall. um yeah, good stuff there that I thought I can line for this for this episode to talk about God and his depiction of media. Um are there any other depictions you can think of that. Oh oh bro, you, you
1: we, we we can't we cannot neglect to speak of God in Monty Python in the Holy Grail.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. He's <laughs> he's my, my wallpaper desktop right now. My desktop <laughs> wallpaper. <laughs> That's like the whole reason why I wanted to do this episode was talking about that. I had him as our as he he was our uh, our logo for a while before. Oh,
1: that's right, Matt. that's right.
0: <laughs> I forgot about that. He was our logo. Yeah. Uh, what do you like about that depiction, Chuck? What, what is it? Uh... Oh man, just the way. Do you think there's a, there's a deeper like explanation as to as to who that God is, or is it just for laughs?
1: Oh, the thing about that depiction of God, like it was funny. When I was a kid, when I was younger growing up and then I became Episcopalian, which means that it's, that's the American express, that's the American version of the church of England. And once I became aware of like a lot of the Anglican Christian tradition, that, that, that scene in that movie takes on a whole new dimension. And I'm aware, and I'm suddenly aware of Terry Gilliam and all of their, like, that's Terry Gilliam really right there, um, of their Anglican exposure. Cause being English, Anglicanism is a huge part of their culture, and the Church of England is a huge part of their culture. I mean, they are probably... I think they were all educated at, like, Anglican boys' schools and stuff. So, like... You know, they had to go to chapel every day and they had to say the daily office every day where they have to say the Psalms. And so when God says something about, like, in those miserable Psalms, like, it's <laughs> so depressing. So, de- it's so accurate. Like, you know, I say morning prayer every day and I hear that voice and that joke in my head every <laughs> single day.
0: What are you doing? Averting my eyes, oh Lord? Well, don't. <laughs> Stop that.
1: Averting <laughs> my eyes, oh Lord. Yeah, that whole—he's just like got so fed up with like our over, like our overly done piety. It's so great.
0: <laughs> I, I still love to this day a good, a good idea, Lord. Of course, it's a good idea.
1: <laughs> and I think the other piece that makes that 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 depiction work is that it's an animated Renaissance painting. Right. Yeah. And like the and like the and the crown that God is wearing is a very like very ecclesiastical hat. And so it just it just it, there's so many layers to that that it like it touches on like it's a very smart as I think I mean it's Monty Python's whole thing is that they are stupid jokes coming from a very smart place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I wish like I, I mean I they're wish I could cult- be like that.
1: Yeah, they're very cultured fart jokes.
0: I mean that's really <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What what Monty Python is? I and... mean, they really are like they they remind me of like the monks who are, who lived in their monasteries and they were just so bored and they just started just drawing weird stuff, you know, <laughs> the, like the, real, the weird marginalia. Just like, yeah, like that's what that reminds me of. Oh yeah, that's oh, yeah. that's yeah yeah because they, they they grew up in that kind of culture that that you know when stiff upper lip British culture and it's like let right. just be funny,
1: right. <laughs> And so the fact that like, that God that that depiction of God has really resonated with a lot of people, I think, really says something. Um, and I'll, he's just tired of the, way,
0: the things we the things we do. He's just tired of us. He,
1: yeah, he's annoyed. He's annoyed. the the opposite <laughs> of the opposite of the Morgan Freeman depiction of God. <laughs> yeah, he's um, exasperated. He's exasperated. Um, yeah, he's only on there. He's a very brief depiction of God in that movie, but it is yeah, it is an all time. It says so
0: much. It says so much. Oh yeah. I think I'm gonna watch that scene tonight. I go home. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but, well. Um, go ahead. Oh, I got nothing. Oh. Well, I mean, do we do we talk about depictions of Jesus, or is that, uh, is that another episode? Because we could talk about other depictions. You know, Jesus, devil.
1: Um, I think it would be fun to do that. I think we, you know, maybe I don't know if we want to make a theme out of it, but um, I mean, the devil, of course, the devil is going to be fun to talk about in some ways because you know, there's like some all timer. Depictions like, um, I mean, of course, Devil's Advocate.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I actually just watched the scene from that movie.
1: Though I will say, I, saying saying I will words. say a movie that its spiritual themes I think are highly underrated is, um, is Constantine. Really? Uh, yeah. That's a,
0: I really enjoyed that movie. Um, also, sort of a movie where God isn't really present. Right. Or he's sort of absent, but he's definitely there. Right. And, um,
1: yeah, I think the bigger spiritual character there that's got the very interesting arc and depiction is the character of Gabriel in that movie. Um, but the devil, uh, Satan in that movie, is also kind of an interesting person.
0: Right. Because um, oh, yeah. he
1: shows up. And what uh, him of the actor who plays him?
0: Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's that guy. Uh,
1: he's a guy who played Falcone, right? In, um...
0: No, he was... Uh, he played the Russian astronaut in Armageddon.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm... Um, While you're looking that up, um, it's not exactly God, um, but I'm really curious about Neil Gaiman's American Gods. Oh, yeah. And they're adapting that to a show. What I'm really fascinated by that is is how it's sort of... Peter Stormare, by the way. All right. But the way that 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 is approaching our modern world from sort of a Roman pagan mindset where, like... You know the gods of the gods of of Rome and Greece were, and in Egypt and other places, they were sort of just embodiments of things. You know, like the god of writing was sort of like the embodiment of writing, and so Neil Gaiman has like the god of TV.
0: Yeah, well, I think that show on NBC right now, Lucifer, was a, a Neil Gaiman property.
1: Oh, I think you're right,
0: and I think they take like a very Jewish stance on. I'm the devil in that
1: movie. Yeah, I mean it, speaking of DC comics, I mean, I'm sure that if we have any like real hardcore DC nerds here listening, they're probably gonna think, well, why don't I talk about like Sandman? Um and all of that. And that's because I read Sandman. I I tried. I tried reading Sandman and um I probably should have spent more time with it. I was borrowing it from a friend, so I knew like I had to give it back to them. So I didn't really, you know, I took too
0: long trying to get through it. But very interesting stuff. Um Oh, you know what's an interesting depiction? And we've actually talked about this before because you did a whole episode on it in the early days. Signs.
1: Oh, yeah. Because God is in that movie. Yeah,
0: totally is. Yeah. It's sort of a uh, presence is definitely there and the things are sort of in motion, but you don't you know, see it as sort of depicted through the characters and the events.
1: If you think about it, it's kind of a Calvinist movie, that movie. You think so? Uh, it's predestination, right? I mean, the... You know, his wife has been given the magic words to say in the in the past, so that then that you know she knows what the future is or whatever. Sorry, that's the twist for people who've never seen it. Or, but.
0: I mean, it, it could just be like a like a time paradox. True, that's true. You know, I don't know. Setting things in no that's motion. That's true. Dominoes, butterfly effect.
1: <laughs> um. You know, it's, it, what I find fascinating, and that maybe we should touch on this but as as part of our conclusion here, JP, because I'm sure that's where we're, we need to be heading. It's interesting to me that in all of our discussion about depictions of God, we have not named an actual religious movie, like like an actual Christian movie.
0: Like Left Behind.
1: <laughs> is God in Left Behind? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he is, man. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 but this also begs an interesting question. Does Because God doesn't really show up in Christian movies, right? I mean, that's sort of where where the Christians, a lot of of evangelical Christians are very wary of that kind of idea.
0: But he also doesn't really, he's also not absent in the way he is in a movie like The Apostle, you know? Right. He's sort of, he's sort
1: of like a character they talk about. Like he's, he's just off camera or something. Not even that. I don't know. It's, it's.
0: I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know. You know, there's uh, there's this one Christian film. I didn't watch it. I watched a review of it, which is like a, basically a recap. Where they kind of go through it scene by scene just to make fun of it. And it was about this girl who gets a brain tumor. And with the brain tumor comes with this ability where she, if she touches somebody, um, they become saved. What? <laughs> like they see a vision of Jesus on the cross and they become saved.
1: Oh my gosh, that sounds like and that tells, sounds like the exact kind of thing that I you you just know that was written that that, that was conceived by someone like in high school and they thought they yeah. had like just gold <laughs> in their hands okay,
0: and it it actually gets kind of scary because Satan's after her and he's like depicted as like this guy in like a leather trench coat you know spiky hair <laughs> he's looking for this girl because she's going to save the world and. um she and her dad—I guess her dad's like a music producer or something—so they know people who work in like the film industry or the television industry, and they find out a way to broadcast her around the world so that she can save the whole world and turn everybody into a Christian.
1: But but like but but.
0: And Satan's trying to stop that. Oh my god!
1: <laughs> I kind of have to see this movie now.
0: I'll look it up. I'll—I'll I'll, uh, I'll send the title to you.
1: I'm pretty sure that's easy to look up yeah. <laughs> brain tumor like the, man that's like do you do, do, do you She's th- like a ballerina or something? do you think it's like, do you think that movie started with like a group of guys like us sitting around like a garage and they're like reading x men comics and' they're, like man, what if someone's mutation was that they could just everyone got saved, and that's like where they took it?
0: They convert them to different religion, and what if there are other? other characters out there who can convert them to other religions.
1: Ooh, there's your sequel.
0: <laughs> then they're they're battling each other. There's your like,
1: sequel. Yeah, you've got like the person who has like that has like like an elbow tumor that allows them to like convert people to Islam.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> and like Satan and like Zenu team up together. Zenu. <laughs> Satan starts like a league of like, you know, religious villains to stop these people. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> it's
1: like the interfaith shared universe franchise <laughs> and somewhere like buddha just doesn't care <laughs> yeah uh it just kind of makes me think a little bit about the that south park episode with the um the super best friends where it's like all the religious figures yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like the justice league of america from super friends mm-hmm. but oh my gosh I can't, you're kidding. This is not a real movie.
0: No, it's real. It's, I mean, and it's, it's actually, it's so. Um, I mean, the fact that
1: it's, it features a music producer is pretty funny because it's probably like who made it, a music producer.
0: Well, the, the guy that, that plays her dad is definitely the guy that wrote and directed it too. And oh,
1: wait, is it that guy? There's this guy who makes these really bonkers Christian movies. He, he like writes, directs and stars in all of them.
0: I think I know who you're talking about, and he's—he—they're really super, super low budget, like super crappy low budget, like no budget. Yeah, not yeah, him. Like, Neil Breen. Like, no, it's not Neil Breen. Okay. I think that's what you're thinking of. It's not him. It's some other dude. Okay. Yeah. So, um, well, I think that's where we may have to stop the episode.
1: Okay. We don't all, have anything in. We don't have anything like. To end on? Like, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I think tumor brain tumor conversion powers is a pretty good place to stop. It's a guess. pretty That's good a... place
0: to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Look that movie up Ooh. folks. Uh, we'll talk about it next week.
1: Now, here you go. Here you go. That's, I don't know. Should we ask, should we ask each other if we had a brain tumor that gave us powers, what powers we want it to be? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, every time I touch somebody, they instantly know all of Nirvana's discography. they start wearing they start wearing flannel you know I don't know sure yeah that's that's what I would do they just become nirvana experts
1: (laughs) alright what about you Chuck oh man um it's my big (laughs) gulp I really I I came with this idea and I can't even think of something (laughs) Like if – I don't like – I just walk up and touch someone. I mean without saying something like corny, like yeah. they would just be compassionate. Um, Lamb. Yeah. I don't know. Like <laughs> I think I'd probably be really selfish and I'd want them to like just hand me like 20
0: bucks. <laughs> Not that much. It's just 20 bucks. You know, just a just a Just a 20.
1: It's a 20. That's a and it's, 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 it's not going to hurt anybody.
0: It's, it's not really going to hurt them too much. It's you know? not even out of their wallet. they just like, oh, there's like a 20 in my pocket. I didn't know that. You know what? You can have it. Right?
1: Yeah. I, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Like, manifests <laughs> like a miraculous 20. But, like, the only way I can get it is through them giving it to me. And so yeah. there's, like there's like a generosity pheromone that I, like, There you express. go. Yeah. There we go.
0: <laughs> and it's also like a test. So, like, you know who your villains are and who, you know, who you're saving, who your villains are. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all right, but this all goes to show that neither of us should be God.
0: (laughs) That's probably true. Uh, I don't know. Give me five minutes. I could probably fix some stuff in five minutes. Five minutes is God. Five minutes.
1: (laughs) You know, I would just want to know the truth about the aliens, man. That's all I want. I just want that all that all knowing stuff for just a split second, so I can be like, all right, cool. Roswell was just a weather balloon.
0: I think that might be the case, but yeah, yeah. Is that second? Let's just say I should, five minutes. I don't know. You're, I mean, you're the expert. Yeah.
1: Maybe maybe you should say seven minutes. Seven minutes in heaven. Seven minutes.
0: <laughs> seven minutes. Heaven. Yes. Oh, seven minutes in heaven. That's the name of the movie. There. We
1: go. <laughs> Actually, that's <laughs> that's a book I believe. By one of those people who like went into a coma and they think they went to heaven. We should do a whole episode about that crap. I oh, like that kid. Yeah.
0: The kid that went yeah. to heaven
1: that like conveniently, like his parents had coaxed him to like say everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're probably... it happened. Chuck. What are you talking about? I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. The masters of divinity. Uh, Chuck, thank you. You're welcome. Um, uh, spirit. spirits. Uh, we thank you for joining us. Uh, <laughs> join us next week. um, I don't know. We could. I can't come over these anymore. Like, I'm I'm, I'm I'm, not good on my toes.
1: Join us next week when we talk about bitters. <laughs> Which are the best ones to go in your martini? That's a good question. That's a good question. I've got a friend actually yeah, who could probably give me a whole, like, answer to that. Yes. Cool. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Join us next week. Artisanal, and bit. artisanal bitters. Artisanal bitters. Good journey. Good journey. We'll